Welcome to the Fearless Happiness Podcast, where we showcase phenomenal individuals who have overcome serious traumas, life obstacles, and challenges to find their own path to fearless happiness. Listen as Max Nace invites guests from all around the world to share their experiences and spread strength, hope, and faith. This is the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and this is Max Nace. everybody good morning good afternoon or good evening wherever you are in this world it's max from the fearless happiness podcast and i finally got my friend on this podcast who i've been watching and is just an amazing human being everybody but you know what i like to do so what i have you do is introduce yourself matt and tell everybody who you are and what it is you do and then we're gonna rock and roll Awesome, brother. I appreciate being here, man. And the kind words is a quick introduction there. That means a lot to me. Um, so yeah, uh, what do I do? So I used to answer this question by like my career, what I do to make money and stuff like that. And then, uh, do you know Lisa Marie Platsky? Absolutely. She made a post, she made a post the <laughs> other day. She was like, when people ask you that, like, don't answer like what you do to make money. Like, what's your mission on this earth? So I'm going to answer that question and say, what I do is I lead by example. I lift other people up. I live surrounded by love and I love my story. Um, that's my purpose on this earth. My mission is to lead others to become leaders and then hence go out and create more leaders in the world and have a massive, I used to say ripple effect. And my buddy was like, no, we don't want ripples. We want make waves. So make big positive <laughs> waves in the universe. Right. Um, I'm a husband to my beautiful wife, Helen, who I've been married to. We're coming up on our six year anniversary in like a week or two. Wow, Got four beautiful children uh, and a business owner. So that, that sums me up in the, the quickest way possible. I know we we I was on your podcast last week and I remember you have twins, correct? Yes, sir. Two 10 month olds. Yep. Two 10 month olds. So you're a busy man and your wife's <laughs> a busy wife. Yes, she <laughs> busy is. mother. She absolutely is, man. Yep. I mean, right? What more reason to have to lead by example than those two twins, you know, those your your children, right? Who are gonna grow up and you kind of and I have talked about it. You know, when I was on your podcast, right, we need to lead by example as men today, right? And yep. be there for our children, right? In my case, my 10 grandchildren and my children and, and other yep. people, but but as as the men of the house, right, and husbands, right, and fathers, it's like that's one of the most important roles that we can have is a father, right? And yeah, I think it's probably the most important role. Right. And and you know, that's where it, you know, we got to walk the walk and talk the talk, right? Because, yep. right, you know, we hear it in our group all the time is like, you never know who's watching, right? There's people out yep. there watching, yeah. but the ones that are most important to us that we think aren't always watching, will they be see watching everything, everything right? They do. Yep. Because um, <laughs> I know I've had that, my covers pulled by my kids, you know, when I, they, when I wasn't being such a great example, right? But like, <laughs> yep, it hits you when that happens, right? When you think, yeah. "Oh, I'm being slick, right? Nobody's noticing. Well, I, mean, I can do this stuff, right?" And yep. right when your daughter totally. goes, "Okay, who's it going to be this week, Dad?" And you just kind of go, uh -oh. "Oh, right, like, <laughs> yep. yeah, you know what I mean." So, I like to start by asking my guests, right? Like, what were some of the challenges, right? in your life growing up and stuff like that, which led you to do what you do now, right? And become yeah. a better version of yourself, right? Because I think it's important for people to know, right? Everybody's got a story. And I love hearing people's story, what drives them to be 
a better husband, better father, better son. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yep. tell my audience, like some of the challenges you've gone through in your life that made you just turn that switch and go, cause you should yeah. see this guy, everybody, like not only like <laughs> mentally, but physically, this guy is in great shape, man. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? He walks the walk and talks the talk. And I wanted to bring him on here so he could share with my audience, like what he does, what was his turning points and challenges and then how he can help hopefully my audience gain some inspiration. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. So I growing up, I had like the, you wave the magic wand. You're like, what's the perfect childhood? Like I kind of had it, I think like, you know, middle class, upper middle class, both my parents were married until my dad passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, two older sisters, younger brother went to like a Catholic school, played sports. I was the team captain, baseball, basketball, just naturally gifted at sports. It came super easy to me. So I never had to really practice much. Like it just was like, it was kind of easy. Um, and that was my story pretty much through got decent grades, got good grades, I guess, growing up. That was my story through pretty much sophomore year of high school. And then I got to high school and all of a sudden I'm a big fish in an ocean of other big fish that come from other schools. So all of a sudden it wasn't, oh, it's super easy to be the best on the sports team. Cause it's like the best of the best are joining this team. And I was like, oh crap, like I'm no longer the top dog. So right. unfortunately at that time, I guess also fortunately, cause I, I think everything happens for a reason, but at the time it was like, okay, I have a decision to make. Do I want to go all in on this sports thing and like really try hard and like give myself to that? Or do I want to kind of like pull the plug on it and just go in a different direction? And I pulled the plug on it, went in a different direction, which was smoking weed with a couple buddies, sophomore year or end of freshman year of high school over the summer, enjoyed that experience, kind of got to become really good friends with those guys that led to smoking weed way more often that led to smoking weed every day. Um, that led to, you know, doing acid, doing mushrooms, doing like drinking before school, sneaking 40s into my locker and going in the bathroom and like pounding a 40 before class start, like all types of bad decisions. And I was kind of I like and this real I've had these realizations over the last like six months of more and more if I shared the story, but I was kind of still the leader in that group of like friends that were doing the drugs and stuff. So I still kind of felt like not the top dog, but like kind of like the leader of that group. So right. part of my identity of a leader was still intact, but no longer was I a leader and setting a good example in the sports world. I was a leader setting a bad example of like, let's just party, hang out and kind of like right. drift through life. And that continued on through all of high school, college, I same stuff. I started selling drugs in college, got arrested for selling drugs on campus, got kicked out of school after my junior year. Uh, by the grace of God. And I always say I have a guardian angel that's been watching over me from day one because I got back into school immediately. Like they kicked me off campus. I got kicked out of school. Um, and then I ended up reaching out to the dean of students that summer. And I was just like, please let me finish. Like I got one more year. Like I promise I'll be a good example. I promise I got my act together. I promise I'll do some positive things in the world. And I'll always credit you for like giving me that second chance. And she did. She let me back in school without serving any time off or anything like that. I just had to take the summer off, which I would have done anyway. Um, and, you know, our senior year, I went back, still was doing the same stupid shit, like dumb drugs and just like still, even though I gave her my word, like I was still floating through it and doing all the wrong stuff. Then I graduated college. I had this big aspiration of, you know, becoming a lawyer because I saw my older sister go through law school and I was like, oh, you know, drive the Mercedes Benz, be a lawyer, <laughs> like, you know, the prominent, you know, the respected career, like that's the route I'm going. And then I made a decision. Probably last uh, semester of college, I was like, you know what? I don't want to do that. Like, looks like way too much work, like not interested in going to school for three more years. So I ended up moving out to California, San Diego, and living with my buddy who was going to San Diego State out there. 
The good thing about that was I didn't have access to all the drugs that I had in college. So college was a lot of Oxycontin, a ton of cocaine, um, still with the acid, the mushrooms, the weed all day, every day. So that kind of was just like the thread of my existence. And again, even in college, you know, being the drug dealer on campus, like still the leader in my eyes, I was like, you know, I'm the big shot. Like I get the drugs right. from Philly. I bring it back to Westchester and like I get to distribute it. Like everybody wants to knock on my dorm room door and come see me like this is the life. Um, so that was I'm still a leader, but I'm a leader in all the wrong ways. So I didn't realize this was my identity, like, and this was my persona still like wanting to lead, but just doing it in all the wrong ways through college. And then I got out to right. California, uh, got a corporate job, still smoking weed all day, every day. Um, that was pretty much it in California. I might've occasionally done Oxycontins. We're like, oh, yeah, we did. Cause we went to Tijuana a couple of times and got some pills, brought them back across <laughs> the border, like stupid shit that now like looking back where I'm like, God, I hope my kids never as dumb as I am, like sneaking pills across <laughs> the border, like just risking getting arrested. So that was college. That was the first four, four years ish of being out of college. Um, and then I decided to move home back to Pennsylvania where I'm from to start a business with my brother. Um, I learned internet marketing when I was out in San Diego. I was working with a guy who was starting up an SEO company. So I learned all about entrepreneurship, um, business, sales, strategy, customer service. Like I just absorbed everything. And Growing up, my both my parents were like, I guess, blue collar, kind of like, you know, average workers, like they didn't start businesses, no one in my family, uncles, aunts had their own businesses. So I never understood what entrepreneurship was or business ownership was. So it wasn't in my DNA at all. Um, but when I worked with that guy, I was like, well, this is fucking a part of my language. Like, this is awesome. No, like, I, go ahead. I get to like, like create my own income. And if I make a sale, my revenue goes up. And if I make another sale, I make more money. Like I'm in control of my destiny. So I called my brother. I was like, hey, I think I'm going to move home because I miss my family. Um, and if I do, do you want to start this SEO company? He was like, yeah, because he was just graduating from college. He was like, let's do it. So it's like, perfect. Let's do this. So I had one client that I brought from California back, which was like a $300 a month client. So like nothing burger compared to like, you know, what <laughs> I needed to do to make an actual career out of it. But I was like, we could just do this. We'll figure it out. That was 2010. And we've just grown year over year as a business since then. First three, four years of being in business, it was still smoke weed all day, every day. Like that was just, it's that, that was still part of my big identity. It was kind of, I wake up, start it, go to bed, you know, finish the day with it. Um, and then there was times throughout all that experience where I would try to quit. Cause I was like, I'm, I'm kind of, I know I'm meant for more than this. Like this isn't my purpose on this earth is to like float and just kind of exist. And I would right. quit for a week and then I'd smoke. I'd be like, it's just going to be on the weekends. And I'd smoke on the weekends. And all of a sudden, Monday rolls around. It's like, just Monday. And then it was throughout the week again. And it was, you know, right. another year of all day, every day. So I've many, many times quit for a week, quit for a month, back and forth, back and forth, and did this whole yo-yo thing. And then I came back, um, took a year. I was, so I was dating a lady out in California for eight years. I kind of separated from her when I was going to move back permanently. She stayed in San Diego. Um, and I decided to take a year to kind of just like get myself right. Um, so I stopped doing all other drugs and it was just, just weed, but like it was just smoking weed all day, every day, but no relationships, none of that stuff. And then I pretty much reached out to my sister and I was like, Hey, do you have any friends or like friends of friends that are looking to date? Like I want to get back in the dating scene. And she reached out to a family friend and she was like, actually I work. She was a teacher. She's like, I have a teacher friend who's like younger, like is also looking to date and like kind of get into that scene and find somebody. So they sent a picture of her to me. I sent a picture of me to her. We started texting back and forth. Uh, met up on a blind date, and three months later, we were engaged. And that's now my wife for the last six years. So I like immediately I fell head over heels for her. But the reason I bring that up is pretty much like 
I think it was like the third or fourth date. I made a comment about one of my drive home, I'm going to smoke a bowl or a joint or something. And she was like, you still do drugs? Because I told her everything on like the first date, like I'm an open book, I'm fully transparent, I wasn't hiding anything. And I actually wrote a book about all the crap that I did. So I was like, you're going to probably read this book at some point, like you're going to hear it anyway, so might as well hear it straight <laughs> right. from me. So I made that comment. She was like, well, it's me or the drugs because like I'm a teacher, like I can't be around that. Like it's not, you're not going to ruin my career, like choose me or it. And it was an immediate decision. I'm choosing you. Like, I don't like you mean way more to me. I see a future with you. Like I've always had a itch and a reason to stop doing drugs. Like here it is, grab it and hold it. So I drove home, gave my last little bag of weed to my cousin when I got home and I haven't touched it since then. Um, but that was like the spark that I needed to really change the direction of my life. Um, so we got engaged, married, I think like 14 months later, had a kid. 10 months later, since then, we've had three more, you know, since then, but that, that whole experience, basically a roundabout way of saying, I was a leader for good, I was a leader for bad for 15, 20 years. And then I met her and I decided to be a leader for good again. And now that I have kids, it's like, I'm never going back like that leadership for good is what I'm like, I'm 100% attached to that role. Um, and nothing brings me more joy now than knowing that I have the power to lead and use it for good. Because now that I can look back on my experience and go, holy crap, like for 15 years, I used it like to not hurt people, but like to not push people in the right direction. And it's a weight that I carry a little bit. I've forgiven myself for it because I'm like, we all go through it. But right. I never will feel that again because I know how that feels to go, okay, I've used my, God gifted me with the ability to lead and I used it for the wrong reasons for so many years. Like I'm never going back to that. Well, here's the thing, right? Because in listening to your story, right? When you like yourself, Right. I mean, I was an athlete too, but I wasn't like really gifted. Right. I have five foot eight. Right. People in yep. my league in football <laughs> were all six foot plus. Right. I just yep. play because I love the sport. But, but you brought to mind, right. Cause I know one of my very good friends from high school, right. Was one of those gifted athletes. Right. Played in three different, all two different all star games. My sophomore year, he was a senior. Right. So yeah. he ended up going to the, you know, college, playing college ball at South Carolina. And kind of what you said, he goes, it was a very big eye opener when you get asked to go to the, he went to Minnesota's combine, right? Minnesota okay. Vikings. Yep. And he goes, when you see dudes that are like, you think you're good. And yeah. then there's the guys that the pros that have been there for a while. He goes, it's an eye opener. Right. And he yeah. goes, he ended up hurting his shoulder, not playing, but he goes, it, it humbles you. Right. Yeah. And he could, he goes, I could have did the same thing, but he was kind of like you where he met his, who's now his wife. Right. And you know, he, he loves her and he loves his family and he makes sure that he leads by example. Right. Cause all of us, you heard my story, right? I went yeah. off, but I, I went the deep end, right? I went yeah. like, I'm going way opposite. I'm <laughs> yeah. off the charts over here. Right. But for me, like we have our stories, right. Those challenges, teach us about ourselves, right? What we really want in life, right? And like you yeah. said, like I'm at a point now too where I want to be that leader because it's the right thing to do, right? And I'm yep. going to be a good leader. Uh because if not, you wouldn't be on my show because I wouldn't even know who Matthew is, right? Like right. I'd be like, because you're on a level over here and I'm still doing this thing down yeah. here. Not at all. Right? Yeah. But right. But it's it's those decisions we make with ourselves, right? And I know you probably had that you know, it took your, your, you know, at the, at the time soon to be wife to go, it's either that or me pick. Yeah. Right. And then at that moment, you, you could have made that decision and said, 
Well, I kind of like my weed, so bye. Yeah. You know what I it's mean? It's too much pressure. Why are you trying to change me? Yep. Exactly, right? But you yep. answered the call, right? And I believe that was like a divine intervention where you're, yep. you know, someone greater than yourself said, here, Matthew, I'm giving you this opportunity, right, to, yep. to make this I would say she's my, she's my guardian angel in real life. Like, I've always thought <laughs> right. I had a little, like, spirit watching over me and protecting me, trying to guide me in the right direction, even though I didn't listen to it most of the time for 15, 20 years. Right. And then she was like the manifestation of that and was like, here I am. Listen to me. And I'm like, I'm listening. So absolutely. Right. And it's it's great that you got to answer that call. Right. Because a lot of people don't, as you yeah. know, I mean, we see it. I mean, all you got to do is look at Facebook or any social media. Right. You got yeah. the the examples you want to be like. And even then you question. Right. Because they could look really good. Right. Yep. But like, what are they um, off camera right or behind off, closed doors behind yeah. closed doors right and you had and i had that great talk about like i am the guy like if you were here i'd be the same guy on facebook that you saw yep. here on the podcast and i feel the same way about you matthew like matthew's the same guy you see on facebook is going to be the same guy you see if you went to shake yeah. his hand yep. right in our case i'd give you a big hug and say i finally yep. get to meet you yeah right because being an entrepreneur, right? We know that that's not for the faint of heart. I've only been doing it a couple of years. You've been doing it a little bit longer, right? And I yeah. know that you got to have some grit. You got to have some integrity and you got to have that will to never give up and, you know, not quit. Yeah. So tell us about that journey, how it's been as an entrepreneur, right? Because yeah. that's where I know where some of the challenges really kick you in the butt, right? And yep. it, it defines you like I could yeah. quit or I'm going to face this. And I'm going to lean in and I'm going to learn and I'm going to become better for it. With yeah. some people, right? Because if, you, if you're not willing to fail, don't become an entrepreneur because I'm learning. It's just like with anything, right? If yeah. you're not willing to fail, you're not going to learn a lesson and then you're yeah. not going to keep going because you're going to just go, I throw my hands up. I'm done. Yeah. 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 When I got a taste of it. So I, I when I moved out to California at first, I worked at a student loan consolidation center just to like, I had to get a job ASAP because I went out there with like $1,800 in cash in my pocket. And that was like two months rent, you know, and I was like, I got no money left and I have a credit card. Like, and I was swiping that like crazy, but I took that job and did the nine to five, drove an hour to work, hour back. It was just like, okay. And at the time I was like, this is what it is. Like, cause again, I didn't know anyone that had a business or entrepreneurship. So I was like, this is what my parents always did. This is what you do. Like you clock in and out, you make that paycheck, consistent paycheck, and you go smoke weed after work or whatever you want to do after work <laughs> right. and then Monday to Friday. And then the weekend you get to relax and you go back Monday to Friday. And when I started working that job with that other guy, it was this like, like a aha moment that was like, oh, there's a different life out there. So I, at that time I was a freelancer, I was an independent contractor and it was basically like it was me and him. So I wasn't really making a lot of money, but I had, I saw opportunity. And from that, I, I vowed. And the reason I left that job, they got bought by another company and they laid off like the entire workforce. We went in one day and they were like, you got an email. It was like, come to the conference room. We all went to the conference room. They're like, sorry, but like, we're letting you all go. We got bought by another company. Here's a two month severance package, which at the time I was like, this is glorious. Like I just got $5,000 like for doing nothing. Like I'm living the life. <laughs> and then all right. of a sudden it disappeared. I'm like, okay, I got to make money. So at that, when that happened, I made a promise to myself and luckily I stuck with it, which I was like, I'm never going back to corporate America. Like if I can, cause I was a great worker, like all my life I had, you know, I was a paper boy. I did a really good job with, you know, putting it on the front step. Like I didn't throw it on the driveway. Like I've always been taught by my dad and my mom, but my dad growing up, like if you do a job, you do it to the best of your ability. So I've always taken that with me in any job that I've had. And I was like, you know what? Like this blows that like I can show up every day early, stay late 
process more loans than anybody else on the floor. And I'm not valued. Like I'm just another person that's like, well, we don't need you anymore. Goodbye. Figure it out. Like yeah. good luck with life. And I was like, that's not cool at all. So made that promise to myself not to go back. And I haven't. But when I started my journey, I was a freelancer. I was swiping. And then I was, you know, Facebook was starting to become a really big thing in like 2000. I don't know what it was, like five, six or seven when this was happening. And I was like, I'm going to start a social networking site for it. It was called a global garden. And the whole idea was to have people join it and just talk about good deeds. So like a whole Facebook stream of just good deeds. So like cut out all the nonsense and just people shared inspiration to each other. Like, again, like that massive positive ripple effect that's always been in my DNA. I went like $30,000 in debt to have some really legitimate company build this awesome website. And I had these big grandiose ideas of being the next Zuckerberg. And it fit like it didn't even fail. It just like it never became anything. Like it's not like I got to a certain point and then it bombed. It was just like right. it never took off at all. So I was like, oh, now I got thirty thousand dollars in credit card debt at a seventeen percent interest rate. Like this is terrible. But I kept going because it was like I know in me like there's something's going to hit. Like I know I have the desire, I have the passion, I have the grit, like the tenacity, the skill, the integrity, like all those words that you use to kind of start this question. I can make something happen. And I probably took that idea. It went from a global garden to see happy, be happy with a B as like the, the logo. And I was like, I just need to rebrand it. And then it's going to take off. Spent like another $15,000, $20,000, bomb, didn't even take off. And I was like, now I'm $50,000 in debt. And, you know, my mom's like, what are you doing? Like, you're an idiot. Like, you're making like $2,000 a month at this, you know, as a freelancer. And you're going like into debt more and more and more. And I was like, I'm going to make something happen. I'm going to make something happen. And then finally, I, I started started the marketing business with my brother. And through since then, I've had failed apparel brands that I thought like, you know, the status quo killers. I was like, what a cool name. I'm going to throw that on a t-shirt and everybody's going to want to wear it. And all of a sudden, I'm going to have this big apparel company. Failed miserably. Had like 300 t-shirts in my garage that never sold. And like my wife's like, what are you doing? Like <laughs> tried to do another like internet marketing spinoff business like three years ago, spent $20,000 to learn about this business. Failed it within the first three months. I was like, what am I doing? Like, so there's it, like you said, dude, there's so many failures along the journey. But what I always say is like, if if you're smart about it and you extract a lesson from that failure and you're wired to know that you're gonna succeed, you'll find a way to succeed. Um, but you have to have that perseverance of like, no matter how many times life punches me, like I will get back up, I will dust myself off, I will learn that lesson. And the next time it tries to throw that uppercut. I'm going to dodge, duck, and weave it, and I'm going to hit it back. Right. Um, and since then, you know, I've got the Battlefield Alliance, which I'm wearing that T-shirt, which is a pretty cool little business that's growing pretty quickly. Rota Marketing continues to grow. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's a journey that, and it's stressful. Like, I love what I do, and I love the the role of business ownership. But just last week, we had this really big client that was about to sign up, and I was 99.x percent sure that it was a done deal. And then something went wrong with one of our communications and my quote for a website when they didn't want a website, they just wanted marketing. And I guess it rubbed them the wrong way. And all of a sudden we lost this account. And I was like, like, you gotta be kidding me. Like it was our biggest right. account ever. I came home on a like cloud nine. I posted about it on Facebook. It got like a hundred plus likes, like everybody was celebrating it with me. And then all of a sudden it was like, you know, 10 days later, it was like, we don't need your services. And I'm like, ah, like talk about a gut check. But right. I let that bother me. And I won't even bother is a strong word. I let it dampen my spirit for about five minutes. And then it was like, okay, what's the lesson? And I just said this today on Facebook because somebody said something about they actually commented on that post from a while back. And they're like, oh, I'm so sorry here. I'm like, I appreciate that, but like it's all good. Like I moved on really fast. And I always say my superpower 
is being able to find the silver lining in every situation, good or bad, and being eternally optimistic. Like I, I'm just wired to always believe that everything happens for a reason. And even what seems to be a major setback or you know, tragedy in life, like my dad passing, like it happens for a reason and I can find that silver lining and I can take it and spin it and turn it into something good. And I right. think that's a skill set that you absolutely have to have as an entrepreneur business owner because you're not going to go untouched. You're going to get punched in the face multiple, multiple times. Absolutely. And we talked about that when I was on your podcast, right? Like all the stuff that's happened in my life, right? Good, bad, or indifferent, right? Is I got to just look at it in a positive light and be yep. grateful. Like I say, be grateful for even going through something like that because yep. obviously there was something I need to learn, right? And uh, like yourself, you're, you said yourself, and here's the thing though, be an entrepreneur, right? And and when you do things on your own, and I know you've, you've probably heard it from the people around you, right? You got to have thick skin, right? Because Right. We grew up with that generation, our parents. Right. It's you do your nine to five for 30 years, yep. collect a check every week. Right. Pay, you know, and then you retire. Yeah. Right? But we know now in this this day and age. Right. Those those retirements are not even guaranteed anymore. Right. Yeah. Like we saw that in 2008 with the crash. Right. Like people lost their 401ks. Yeah. Like, you know, that they diligently put money into every paycheck or every month or whatever. Yep. Right. And right. So then we deal with our own negative self-talk when we're down. Right. Yep. And then, you know, there's people out there going like you, like your mom, for instance, or your wife, yeah. like, like they don't mean it, but you know what I mean? Yeah. That's just the way they know. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're crazy. Okay, uh, you can't yeah. do this. Right. You're going to fail. Yep. Right. When they're just, yep. you know, they, instead of trying to say it the way, like, Hey Matt, what'd you learn from that? Like, okay, get yep. back on your feet and go. You know, they might not know how to say it, but it doesn't help our internal dialogue, right? Yeah. When we're going, all right, I've already been kicked down, man. Like, I don't need you. I don't need your help. I need I your help. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I need, yeah. I need you to boost me up. And right. And that's what we got each other for, right? Like, hey, yeah. man, I understand you're going through a rough time. I remember when you did that post, right? Now it's yeah. right. You have to learn from it. Okay. What yeah. did I not do that I should have done or whatever? Yep. Right. So, how are what I was going to get at is, like when those voices kick in that outside, you know, chatter, right? Yeah. And you already got the insight. How do you keep yourself inspired, motivated, right? Well, because, you know, it depends on who you talk to, right? Some people say motivation is shit, right? Yeah. Like yep. it's only going to last five minutes, but how do you keep yourself, like you said, uh, keep that perseverance going, keep that persistence going, right? When everything around you is telling you different, right? Yeah, we know. Right. Because I love that famous Mike Tyson. Right. Yep. Quote where he says, everybody has a plan until you get punched, get punched in the mouth. In the <laughs> yep. Totally. The yep. mouth, right. Yeah. So what happens to you when you're going through that? Like that just yeah. keeps you going where, you know, like, OK, this is temporary. I'm going to just keep going. Yeah. So one of my favorite I don't even know if it's a saying, but one of my favorite things to say or tell her is control the controllables and that I live by that standard. And you know, here you say about, and you know, I don't know if my wife will hear this podcast specifically, but <laughs> she's not wired like me. Like she's the teacher. Now she's a stay at home mom, but like she's, you know, the teacher, play it safe. Don't take risks. Like just, you know, straight now. She's never touched a drug, like doesn't drink. Like she's just like the ideal little like rule follower. And I love her <laughs> for it, but like I'm the exact opposite. Like if I see a rule, I'm going to question the shit out of it. And if there's even like an inch of stuff that doesn't make sense, I'm going to be like, no, I'm not following that rule. So when I failed at, you know, one or two business things since we've been together, 
she hangs on to that failure and it kind of like, and I've like, I've had struggles, like we've had conversations about this and I've talked to other people, like, how do I navigate these confusing waters? Because she holds on to that. I like, you know, I'll use the example of that $15,000 investment that I made to learn something to try a business and it failed. She's like, every time I talk about a new idea, she's like, well, remember that 50, like that $15,000 failure. And I'm like, shit, hell. And I'm like, you're still holding on to that. I'm like, <laughs> we got to get past that. Like that doesn't define my story. It doesn't define like my success. Like it's a, it's a blip on the radar that like, I'm or it's like way in my rear view mirror at this point. I don't like, I, I extracted my lesson from it. I'm moving on. Like I don't even think about it anymore. But anytime right. I talk about opportunities or new venture, she's like, but what if it fails like that? I'm like, stop saying that. I'm like, instead of that, like, why don't you like look at road to marketing, which, you know, we have a, a nice house, like we have our cars, we put our kids, like our kids get to do whatever they want, whenever they want, like we live a good life and like it provides for us and she has the freedom to stay home and like go to work if she wants or stay home. Like, so I'm like, why don't you focus on that? Like, instead of like, <laughs> when I see it, like an opportunity, I'm like, I want to do this, be like, well, go for it because you succeeded with road to marketing. So you'll probably succeed with that. Like, it's not that at all. Like I get the exact opposite, which is like, you shouldn't do it because it's risky and you failed before. And I'm like, shit. Like, so those voices are very real. Right. And I mean, my wife as an example, like she loves me probably, you know, more than anybody in the world. I hope, I think she does, but like, she's still, and like you said, they don't know how to, to phrase that properly to like, give me the spark that I need to then go into that next opportunity hundred percent confident because I'm, I'm going in hundred percent confident, but her lack of confidence takes my percentage down to 80% because her lack of confidence is so strong that it just kind of depletes that excitement and that energy. And then like cosmically that affects the result that I'm going to get because I'm, I'm pulling that weight behind me and I'm kind of being dragged down. And we, you know, if she hears it, she's like, yeah, we had these conversations in person. So I'm not saying anything new that she hasn't heard, but it drags the overall energy and enthusiasm down, which then creates lackluster results because we're not both on the same page and, you know, rowing the boat in the same direction. So how do I overcome that is controlling the controllables like that you can't you can't change what happened you can't predict right. what's going to happen i get up every day and i have a very rigid routine in the mornings like my day is very structured and routine i do the work every single day and i trust more than like life itself or as much as life itself that if i continue to do that on a daily basis and i live in integrity and my heart is in the right place and my intentions are pure that i will succeed like that is, it's plain and simple i will succeed like and i already have but I will succeed tenfold in the future because I'm doing all the right things for all the right reasons and all the right ways. And it's only a matter of time till that second one hits and all of a sudden like financial freedom is ours and we don't have to think about money anymore. Um, but it really, it's hard, man. It's extremely difficult because it, especially if it's someone that's super close to you that you love and adore, that is kind of that little voice of like chatter. It's like, you're not good enough. And I say that to her, I'm like, you know, sometimes I'm on the couch and then like I get choked up about it. I'm like, I feel like you don't believe in me. She's like, of course I believe in you. I'm like, but you don't, because if you did, like you would forget about that failure. Like you wouldn't be bringing that up as like, but remember you're still a failure in some degree. And I'm like, I know that was a, that was a failure, but like, I'm not a failure. But when she says right. that stuff, it almost makes you feel like, okay, I'm a failure because I failed so many other attempts. So, and that's what I try to tell her. I'm like, hell, I'm like, I'm going to swing 10 times and I'm going to hit one. And like, if I miss nine, I'm good with that. Like I will hit right. one home run or like one double that leads to an inside the park home run because there was an air in the outfield. Like I can do this. Um, but yeah, it's really at the end of the day, like if you don't believe in yourself, those voices can crush you. So it's so Absolutely. important to surround yourself with people who make you and help you believe in yourself. But even beyond that, because 
people come and go, friendships come and go. You have to have that self-belief and you got to work on that on a daily basis. And the only way, in my opinion, to get that like unyielding self-belief is to do the work consistently to keep your word to yourself so you can count on yourself and believe in yourself. And then that eventually and inevitably leads to success. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree more because, right, no matter how much they love us, right, the ones that are closest to us, right, we got to remember, though, they were also raised maybe differently, right, where that's all they heard, right? They don't mean ill, right? But like I have with my wife, right? Like, well, look at Michael uh, Jordan, man. He missed 10 thousands a shot before yep. he'd be well that's michael jordan i go but i'm the next <laughs> michael jordan damn it you exactly, know what I mean? like yeah, i yeah. just i'm not gonna quit yeah and, and she gets it right so she's learned like to go okay i'm just gonna sit here and support you from you know yeah you know but i've had those conversations too well yeah. why well, it's already been a couple years but nothing's happened you know well it takes yep. time right yeah and then but see for me and you know too like there's examples out there um of what success really is, right? So, like, I I'll use Andy Priscilla, right, yep. as one of my examples. I go, you know, this guy said he only made ten or fifty thousand dollars in his first ten years in business. Yep. You think he should have quit? I go, but look at him now. Now the guy's a multimillionaire that owns yeah. multiple companies, yep. and his whole thing is like, if I'm an overnight success, then it happened over all these years, right? Yep. Like. Most of these overnight successes, you don't hear the backstory where, yeah, you know, like Steve Jobs and stuff that started Apple out of their garage or, you know, um, Bezos, who started Amazon in a spare bedroom of his house. Right. And so it's hard when, like you said, and even in social media, right, all the chatter that goes on, right? Because there's people, if they see you succeed, then they always want to, there's always the one that has to, like, do the opposite and say, well, yeah. well, you got lucky or, you know, you yep. didn't, like, you, didn't, you know what I mean? Like, you used to be a failure. It's like, so who the cares? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. But luckily for you and I, that we belong to a group where most of us lift each other up and keep you know being our best cheerleaders and going hey yep. man right because then we're the guys that do that like hey matthew hey i saw that that didn't go well but instead of going you're a failure yeah what did you learn right like yep. what's going to help you be you know do it better next time right yep. which i have learned right and you know and i know is like we're going to do our with our kids especially my grandkids i'm going to do it different right yeah. i'm not going to be the one like oh you messed up and like okay you didn't do as well as you thought you would like, but what did you learn from that? Right. Yep. Instead of being like, Oh, you messed up or you, you screw up, up. Or, you're a screw yeah, up. Like you might as well no, you're stop. Not. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Right. Like, yeah, I might be the tough dad. I go, God didn't hurt. Get up. Like what did you know? Yeah. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Instead of going left, you should have maybe went right. Right. Yep. You know, or whatever. Um, yeah, they need that tough love too. But yeah, with oh. that tough love should come lessons instead of just toughness. Exactly. Right. And, yeah. and think, I think that, is what shapes like guys like you and me to do this entrepreneur thing. Right. Cause yeah, we want different than our parents. Right. That was good for them. Yeah. But like you said, I want to have, I mean, I started later. Right. But I'm still, I still want to have that life where I don't worry about money. I can go travel. I can get yep. my little, you know, RV with my wife. And, you yep. know, even if I'm doing work, it's cause I want to do it. Right. Because I yep. love it so much. Cause you know, they say, if you love what you do, you, you don't work a day in your life. Right. Yeah. And um, 
So I know for me, it's like hanging out with guys like you or, or connecting with guys like you and listening to your stories, right? Um, so there's a couple of questions I like to ask my guests, right? Because yeah, I wrote a don't. book uh, called Fearless Happiness, right? So I'm going to start with fearless, right? And we kind of went over yeah. some stuff, but yep. what does today, in today's environment, what does fearless mean to you and how does that show up in your life on a daily basis? Yeah, I love that question, dude. So what's the best way of putting this? So fearless to me is just like, it's a deep, again, I keep going back to it, like a deep belief in yourself that like I, and the reason I can say that is like, I'm not a, it, the most extreme version of this. Like I'm not afraid of dying. And like, I've been wired to, to say and feel that, I don't know, for a decade plus at this point. And the reason is because I squeeze as much juice out of the lemon on a daily basis. So I know that bad stuff is going to happen. Like I watched my dad suffer from early onset Alzheimer's at 55 and die when he was 67. And like the last couple of years were like last year or two is a very tragic thing to watch. Like he couldn't walk, couldn't talk, could barely eat. Like he just kind of withered away. So I know stuff like that's going to happen. Like, and I'm not afraid of stuff like that happening because again, I live in integrity. I find the silver linings. I have like internal optimism. I believe I have a, a strong belief system in this earth isn't our soul experience as a soul is like a consciousness, like something else exists after this. So right. like, well, I miss everything when I'm gone. Of course, like I'll be devastated to like leave my family behind at some point, but I'm not afraid of that because I have a, a, a belief system that something greater is out there. So when you operate from that prism and you have like this just deep rooted belief that like, it, and I used to, my, my favorite phrase growing up is it's all good. Like someone would say something like, it's all good. Like, you know, something terrible happened to like, yeah, but it's all good. Like, and it is all good. Like even the bad stuff has lessons in it. So that makes it good. So when you can operate from that point, there's nothing to be afraid of. Like, because, and even like, you know, look at the political spectrum and like the current situation of our country. Like some people like wake up every day depressed and like, it's the end of the world, World War Three, and like, you know, we're, the economy's crashing, and we're going to lose our, like, maybe, maybe not, but like, if you operate like that, then the chances of you drawing that reality into yourself, probably, like, there's a good chance it might happen in your world, but like, where I'm coming from is like, there's opportunity everywhere, and, and everything always works out, and do the right thing, and the right thing will happen to you, and there's a God, and God loves us, and as long as you love him and love others, like, everything will work out for you, so all that said, like, what's there to fear? Like there's nothing to really fear because it's all good. If you extract that from everything and know the experiences you have. Right. And that's kind of like the, the law of attraction, right? Yep. Where, you know, in the movie, the secret, they don't get, they just tell you what they did, but they don't get into detail. Right. Yeah. But it's true though. You know, you've been through it. I've been through it. Right. When I'm totally in the negative, it always seems like that nothing but negative happens. Yep. But when I flip the script and like you said, like, Good's going to happen because I'm doing the right thing. Uh, I'm going to keep putting positive vibes out there, right? Yep. Good things start to come back to me, right? And it's true, yep. right? Because we live at a, on a vibration, right? I mean, yep. science has proven that, right? Like, yeah. the more good we put out, right? And yes, of course, you know, like, we see what's happening with our country. And it's like, some of us, uh, I know you and I know me. I'm like, I'm, sometimes I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Like, like really when but, is but this going to end yeah when is it going to yeah. end but see i believe that there's enough guys like me and you and other people Agreed. like us in the world that are going to go enough's enough right and we're going to yep. take that that power back and go yep. this is not what our country's about yeah um 
right? And I'm not trying to get political on here, but it's it's the vibes you put out, right? Like, yeah. of course, right? If I'm always depressed and, you know, you know, my someone peed in my Wheaties and, you know, yeah. I woke up on the wrong side of the bed, right? Like, yep. I'm never going to be happy. Me. Yeah, yeah, you know, poor me, right? Uh, whatever. But if I'm like, okay, I can learn a lesson from Matthew. I can learn a lesson from this guy. I can learn a lesson from my wife. I can learn, yep. I can learn from my grandkids, right? And I'm always trying to help them be better and in and, and turn yep. trying to make myself better. To me, the light the, the light around me seems lighter and the world seems brighter, right? Because then I'm 100%. like you know what I mean? And and I love that, right? Because then we can fear less. Yep. Will we always will we ever, and I say this all the time on my podcast, will we ever become totally fearless? Probably not, right? Probably shouldn't be, yeah. Right, but if we practice like what you're talking about and what I'm talking about, we'll fear less, right? Yeah. And, and um, we won't be as scared to take those risks, right? Yep. You know, we'll take those informed risks, right? We'll get those educated, you know, we'll get ed- educated on the things we need to do and go, okay, maybe this. And if I fail, there was something I need to learn anyway, yep. right? And I just want to be a positive force in this world just like you do, right? And yeah. I think- the more guys like me and you that do this, right, the better world we make. So my next yeah. question, right, is happiness. And I put a Y in it, right? And yes, I get people that go, you spelled it wrong. I, it. <laughs> I did it for yeah. a reason, right? Yep. So knowing I put that Y in happiness, right, what does happiness mean to you and how does that show up in your life? I'm going to use your your spelling to answer that question and, and focus on that. Why? And if you could focus on like, why should I be happy? And like, why are all the reasons to be happy? There you go. Like there's, there's so much to be happy about and grateful for. And I think like we were just talking with the previous question, like the more you focus on certain things, the more you attract. So for me, I mean, why am I like, I'm happy because I'm awake and I'm, I'm talking to you right now. And I've got, I just got to give my two older girls a bath before I came down here and I kissed them goodnight because I'm not going to be, I have another call after this and I kissed my twins goodnight because I won't see it. And I'm going to go up at 8.30 or 9 o'clock tonight and I'm going to get to sit next to my wife on the couch and like, you know, watch her do her thing. And I'm probably going to watch a little bit of basketball and work on my computer. And then tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I've got a business that's succeeding and I'm in business with my brother and he's succeeding because of what we created together. And he's got two kids that are going to have a great life because of what we created. Like there's just an infinite amount of reasons to be happy that I just, I can't focus on anything else. And I, I understand that might sound like, like wooey to people and like, you have to be like, but I don't like, I really just, there are moments. And you know, when you said to fear less, like that's a powerful statement because yes, there are moments even on a daily basis where like, there's a little bit of like a subconscious to me that like fears that maybe I will like take 10 more shots and I'll miss all 10. And maybe like, you know, road to marketing, I'll wake up one day and like, I'll get six emails from six of our biggest clients and they're going to cancel services for some unknown reason. And then all of a sudden it's like, what do I do to make money? Like all this, you know, it's like crap what I, what I was relying on, but they're, they're such fleeting moments and they're like, they don't seep into my consciousness because I don't believe that they have power over me. So I just, I take that and I go, okay, like, like we were talking about, I could sit here and dwell on all the negative what ifs for the rest of my life. And I'm just going to create a shit show of reality for myself. Or I let that thought come in. Cause that's all it is. It's a thought. And I, I recognize it for what it is. And I let it process its way out of me as quickly as humanly possible. Whether it's like, it's just, 
I don't even have to do the work. It just happens to come and go quickly or it sticks a little bit and it creates a little bit of fear. But then I can fear less because I immediately look for that silver lining. I immediately look for what like a reason to be optimistic about what happened and why. I grab that lesson from it and say, I'm going to use that for good. And this is why the next thing is going to succeed. Um, and it's just, I mean, I, I there's so many reasons to be upset with the world. Fair enough. Like I get that. It's it all exists. Evil exists. It all exists. But I just I can't operate on that frequency. Like my frequency is such an optimistic happy frequency and i find so much peace there and happiness there that i'm not going to ever operate on any other frequency it sounds like oversimplified but like it's just it's who i am at this point like i can't change it i wouldn't want to change it but nothing can change that about me at this point i get it you know what i mean absolutely and that's why i put the why right because like nobody outside of my little hulu like i call it right my space can yep. make me happy if you think about it right yep. like you may love your wife but like she's not always making me happy or you know yep. what i mean like you oh. have those discussions where you walk yep. away like oh i shouldn't have had that talk with her right now <laughs> yep. you know what i mean totally but i put the why because it comes from us right we make you know we can what we choose to think feel and do is what's going to make us happy right and that comes yep. from within that's why i put the why because i say it comes from you Yep. Um, so I love that explanation. I love that meaning for you. That's so awesome. Right. Because we need more of that in this world right now. And you know what I mean? We're like, in us, like I said, I always use us dads. Us dads have to be that light that yeah. are going to carry that kind of thinking and that kind of doing to the next generation. Right. And you got twins, yep. you got, old, you know, your all your kids and yeah. Right. And then you're going to want to carry that legacy onto your grandkids, which I'm yep. at right now. Right. And I yep. want to make sure my great grandkids and my great, great grandkids. Yeah, exactly. Oh, dude. Grandpa was one happy dude, man. You know what yep. I mean? <laughs> exactly. it, man. Yeah, well, but it's what I was taught. Right. And I know you feel this too, right? Like, what I was taught when I got sober was gratitude is an action word, right? Yeah. Don't just tell me, show me. And the more yep. I practice gratitude, the happier I became. And then the more fulfilling my recovery was, right? Like we talked yeah. about your show, right? Yeah. That's why I'm here almost 20 years later, still clean and sober, right? It's Doing not because thing. I just, right? Because I walk around like, you know, Mr. Bummed out and going, oh, I'm sober, shit. Yeah. I'm not yep. going to have fun anymore, right? Opposite. Yep. But, um, you know, that's why I love having these conversations with like guys like yourself, right? That are my examples, right? If I need to go look at someone who's doing the work, I just go, okay, I'm going to go check out Matthew's page today and see what he posted, right? Yeah. Or what he's doing. So I appreciate that, my friend. So now what my I like pleasure. to ask, you know what I mean? That was some great, if you heard this audience, I hope you're paying attention, right? Because everybody's got challenges, right? It's just how you face them and how you react to them and and matthew just gave you some killer examples of how he goes through life and how he makes the world a better place for the people around him so if people want to work with you math you know like what how can they get to you where can they get a hold of you yeah and uh to work with you yeah so if you want to just connect with me and you know get to know me facebook and instagram are kind of the two platforms that i play around on the most and it's just at matthew rota um, and then you could go to matthewrota.com and that leads you to Rota Marketing, that leads you to Battlefield Alliance, and that leads you to Signer 57, which are three different businesses that I'm part of or owning and operating. So if any of those resonate with you, I would love your support in any way. I'd love to serve, you know, provide value to you in any way that I can. But yeah, if you're just looking to connect and 
you know, hopefully be inspired by somebody who's doing the work on a daily basis and doing his best to lead by example and lift others up. Matthew Rota at Facebook and Instagram is probably the best place to hit me up. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you answering my questions, but there's one last question. All right. <laughs> I love to ask my, uh, my guests before we part ways, and it's mo mostly for my audience and myself, right, is what's the one piece of advice, Matthew, that you could give my audience that will help them grow as a human being and become a better person? One piece of advice to help them grow is be a human being, be a better person. Um, I'm going to say what I started out the whole show by saying, which is lead by example and lift others up. Because I, I, everybody, and when I say that, like, you know, some people, when I did my first speech on stage at one point, I, I said that and I was like, and listen, like everyone you sit in there, some of you might be like, but I'm not a leader. Like, no, like every single human being on this earth is a leader, period. Like whether it's your kids are looking up to you, grandkids, your spouse, your employees, your coworkers, a stranger on the internet that saw what you posted, every single person has eyeballs on you. So you have to take that responsibility very seriously because you're either going through life and making the world a better place with the content that you put out there and the energy that you exude, or you're doing the opposite. And the only way you know, we can make the world a better place and, and in the process, make you a better human is to live in a way that if someone follows your lead, you would look at them and go, okay, they're doing good. And like, if you're not leading that example and you're doing something that someone follows you and you're like, they're kind of screwing up a lot or their, their attitude is bad or whatever, like then you're right. not doing your job as a human being on this earth. So you got to lead by example. And when you do that, inevitably you lift others up. And I think there's no greater feeling in this world than knowing that the example that you set is inspiring other people to live a good life and set an example and you're creating a ripple effect. I think that's what we've all been put on this earth to do is create ripple effects. And if you're making a positive ripple effect through the universe, when you leave this earth, wherever the next is, you'll get rewarded with some kind of gift from some creator, whatever you believe in. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, I appreciate you being here. Thank you for being such an amazing guest. So you heard you, it, man. everybody. If Matthew made you laugh, if he made you think, if he made you question, if he made you there go, you go. Mm, like I say all yep. the time, please go to iTunes and leave a review. Please leave a five-star review so people can find it and we can get it out to more people. Again, let's thank Matthew for being here. Matt, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and being a guest on my podcast. So until next time, everybody. Uh, me and Matthew are signing out. We'll talk to you later. My pleasure, brother. Are you tired of being weighed down by life's traumas and struggles? Join the Fearless Happiness Lifestyle and let us guide you toward a brighter future. Explore our past podcast episodes and get a copy of the Fearless Happiness book to ignite your inner strength. If you or someone you love is battling addiction or facing challenges related to unresolved trauma, know that we are here for you. Visit maxnates.org. M-A-X-N-I-J-S-T dot O-R-G and take the first steps toward finding your fearless happiness. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of Fearless Happiness.